0: Welcome back to Season 2 of TK's A-Brigade. I'm your host, TK. We are kicking Season 2 off with a pretty interesting conversation about the modern-day slave trade or sex trafficking. So tune in and check it out. Hello and welcome to Season 2 of TK's A-Brigade. I am your host, TK. Today I'm going to have a topic discussion about some things that may not make everybody happy and... Everybody might not agree with me. And so I just want to be clear that anybody that I have on as a guest um, that disagrees with what I feel or what I say, um, that doesn't reflect on their beliefs. That doesn't reflect on how they perceive things. This is solely my perception. This is solely my Uh, take on things so I want to be very clear that anybody who hears this uh, knows that however whatever I say on my own podcast um, is my foundational stance and so there are people that might be guests that might not agree so with that said what I feel or believe doesn't necessarily reflect everyone and I am going to talk about some pretty interesting topics in this season but today I'm going to kick off season two with a pretty controversial topic One, I hope that people that hear this will either comment or we can have a debate or conversation about, but at the end of the day, I'm gonna share some facts and hopefully people can hear it. Those facts will be interesting to uh, talk about. So without further ado, I'm gonna kick this season two off By talking about Juneteenth, which is the celebration of freeing the slaves back in 1865. Basically what happened in a nutshell, and you can go and Google it and find out for yourself. But um, the African-American community was uh, released from their requirement to be indebted to uh, an owner or a master. Uh, They were given their freedom to vote and they were given their freedom to live um, among uh, the communities without being required to owe a debt to somebody. And so today commemorates that. Uh, But I want to be very honest and say that um, just because 1865 happened with the freedom of the African-American community and when it comes to slavery, uh, slavery is still prevalent very much in this country and slavery is very much prevalent in this world. Now, the types of slavery that we see more prevalent in today's society has to do with sex trade or the sex trafficking or the slavery of young uh, girls and boys. And this is a $150 billion industry around the world. Young boys and and young girls, as young as 9 years old, are kidnapped. They're lured away from their homes, their families, And they are put into slavery, and they are forced to uh, provide sexual acts um, for people around the world. Um, It's quite disgusting. And to be honest, um, this has been an issue for quite a long time. In fact, I believe that over 155 countries have actually um, have data uh, and have gathered data around the world about human trafficking or uh, slavery, Modern-day slavery, which is what Homeland Security calls it. And as of 2019, 79% of human trafficking or modern-day slavery is uh, involved with sexual exploitation of minors. And like I said earlier, minors as young as 9 years old. The majority of the group of individuals that experience this um, modern-day slavery or sex uh, trafficking are young girls. And these girls, their ages range from anywhere from 15 years old all the way down to 9 years old at times. Uh, There are boys that are included. In fact, the younger age groups are typically the boys. Uh, The unitednations.org website um, states that over 20% of all uh, people that are incarcerated are children, and even in western parts of Africa, almost 100% of people, and I say people as human beings that are incarcerated in the sex trade or the human trafficking are all children. This is a statistic that you can find on the United Nations website, which is pretty crazy because they have a lot of different things on there when they talk about human trafficking. In fact, it says that some parts of Africa and the Mekong region, the majority, up to 100% of people that are incarcerated in in the trade or the human uh, trafficking of the modern day slavery are children. So we're not talking about adults that are taken. We're talking about kids that are stolen out of their homes, taken away from their families. And uh, forced to either commit acts of sexual um, things or uh, are forced into labor, which is absolutely crazy when you think about it. Uh, we have here in America, you know, laws that prohibit um, you know minors and teens from working over a certain amount of hours a week at a job, and yet around the world we have young children being forced to, you know, perform sexual acts forget, you know, flipping a burger, forget, you know, stuffing some fries or, you know, bagging some groceries. They're forced into, you know, something that's supposed to be intimate and they're forced into it without any regard of their humanity. They're just basically a piece of meat and they're used at the, you know, disposal and pleasure of whoever decides that they want to exploit this child, which disgusts me, to be honest. And the fact that we argue here in America on topics about slavery and topics about um, reparations you know my question to people that want uh, reparations for you know slavery what about the young children what about the people that have been kidnapped and forced into those types of modern day slavery the sex trade and uh, you know the forced labor you know, at a young age, do they also deserve reparations? Where is, you know, the advocacy on that? Because to be honest, I don't see a lot of advocacy uh, on the part of the modern day sex trade. I see a lot of people silent about it. You know, people will talk in regards to how they disagree with it, but I don't see a lot of people rising up and speaking out on it. And to be honest, that really disappoints me because there's so much talk about equality in this country here in the U.S. There's so much talk about, you know, women having rights and, you know, people being equal. And yet we have some of the most despicable acts going on and nobody wants to talk about it. Nobody wants to stand up and and, uh, defend these children. And to me, that just disgusts me because, you know, coming from the Midwest, you know, I grew up in an environment that was highly, a um, big melting pot, huge melting pot growing up back in Iowa. And it's funny because people have this assumption that they know, you know, based on maybe the way I look or based on, you know, the perception of the Midwest that it's a certain way. But in reality, when you go to the Midwest, it's not necessarily, uh, you know that way, and so when you perceive something, for example, when you perceive that we here in America have a certain rights or a certain um, entitlement, um, because we should. But in reality, why should anybody be entitled? Whether you're wealthy or you're poor, uh, whatever social economic status you come from, I know that that is history in itself, and that's a long. Uh, Standing history What's even more crazy is that Sex trade or sex trafficking Or that modern day slavery In that regard has been reported By all 50 states All 50 of the US states uh, Have some form of that So it's not just concentrated In one area I know back You know, in the uh, mid to late 1800s, you know, the the South was predominantly uh, where, you know, the slave trade was going on. And and I want to be very clear when I say this, that I I don't condone slavery in any way, shape or form. I don't condone uh, the forcible act of making anybody. I don't care what creed or color, race or uh, gender you are uh, to be forced into doing something that uh, you are not agreeing to do. And so... I just want to be clear about that but i also want to open up the eyes of people that say that it's only focused on one particular area or one particular lens that we look through and we don't give credit or we don't give uh attention to these other aspects and so you know looking at This, for example, forty four percent of victims reported no one reached out and offered them help after uh being taken and um you know forced into doing this. They were able to get away from you know, people that forced them to do this, but nobody helped them. Forty four percent. That's crazy. The majority of buyers, so the majority of people that, that pay for this um modern day slavery are male. I mean, that's not surprising, let's be honest. Like I don't see you know, a majority of women paying for sex trade when the majority of the people that are being incarcerated or being held without their will are women. So that would kind of be, uh, I don't know, that would seem duplicitous to me. But yes, um, the majority are males. And what's crazy is that they come from all races, all backgrounds, all types of workforces. Uh, there isn't one uh, race or creed or culture Um, that separates or is separated from um, purchasing young people for sex or forcing young people into that trade Uh, it is every race, creed and culture and the age demographic is wide it really is just an epidemic that has been ignored for a long time and it's such a huge monopoly in regards to um, the financial aspect of it and yet it's such a quiet topic. It's almost like everybody wants to whisper and dance around it. And for me, I'll be honest, man, I would love to go if I had capital, and I would, and I could go into some of these areas and and bust up these, you know, sex rings, these child pornography rings, these sick people that, you know, that need Jesus. Let's be honest, these people need Jesus just like anybody. I'm not gonna sit here and pretend that they're any. You know, worse necessarily than in someone who commits murder or somebody who is, you know, a degenerate gambler, and they don't know who Jesus is. Because at the end of the day, we all need Jesus. I don't care what you say, and I don't care how you feel about that aspect. Because in my opinion, and this is my opinion, but we taking God out of our schools, we're taking uh, Christ out of our lives, and He is the salvation for us as human beings. He died for us on the cross. He shed his blood for us. And I'll tell you, whoever hears this that doesn't agree with that, you have every right to disagree with me because that is the beauty of free will. But I'm going to say, when, when Jesus is part of the equation, things change drastically. Now, I can speak from personal experience about struggles in my life. For example, you know, growing up in the church, I had a lot of sheltered types of mindsets, And I was taught to live and believe a certain way. And when I became an adult, I was, um, you know, I was exposed to the reality of this world, which to be honest, man, this world was pretty messed up in a lot of different ways. And what I find really fascinating is that the idea or perception of this um, issue is, for some people at least, believe that it happens, this type of act or these types of things happen in some deep, dark hole in a third world country. And that's not the case at all. In fact, a lot of victims um, that get, you know, forced into this um, is, this trade or, or into the modern day slavery, as they call it, um, are young people, again, like I said earlier, that, you know, might have a broken home or they might, you know, live on the street or they might be susceptible to, um, you know, influence from somebody that you know can get their confidence and then what they do is they lure that person away from family from friends they isolate them and then what happens is they convince them that the only way that they're valued or have any value is to perform acts now granted you know i don't believe that for the younger generation, you know, the nine, 10 year olds, that's necessarily the case. Again, I can't speak from experience in that regard, but I can speak from experience when I say that I've dealt with drugs in my life. Um, I've dealt with, you know, almost did prison time. I have seen people, um, you know destroyed in so many ways and when I say destroyed it doesn't necessarily mean in a physical way I've seen people mentally destroyed I've seen people physically destroyed and so when you take you know a group of people and you put them in a situation where they feel that there's no choice they have no other option but to move forward in something like this because they've been convinced of that you know what's crazy is that you know victims You know, you could could be sitting next to a a victim of this, you know, in a grocery store line or at a restaurant. You could be pumping gas. And, you know, somebody who might have gone through this years ago and that was able to get out, you know, they might have pulled up in a car next to you and uh, you have no idea their background. And so I find it interesting when people are so quick to judge. They're so quick to have this idea of seeking out an offense, you know, when it comes to, to, you know, issues and things, but yet we don't take time as a, as a society, as a human race to really look around at people around us and say, you know, what's your story? What did you go through growing up? What kinds of things have you struggled with? Because I promise you that idea, that mindset of everybody struggling with something Now, not necessarily saying that everybody struggled with the same thing. Obviously not. But that doesn't take away from the idea that everybody at some point has gone through some things in their life that were not good, that were not fun. And that's life. But what I think is interesting is that when the idea that we focus on one aspect of struggles in life and we try to advocate for that one specific issue and we disregard the rest of the issues. That's the, that's where I have a problem with that because to be honest, you know, again, everybody has something that they've gone through in their life, something that, that's happened to them that, you know, changed the course. And again, it doesn't necessarily always mean that it's bad, but again, those people that have gone through negative things in their life and dealt with negative things and had to overcome them, I mean, let's be honest, Those types of things really shape a person's psyche. They shape the way a person thinks about life and how they perceive people. Someone who's never been truly loved, shown compassion, you know, those types of people. And I can, again, experience, I've experienced those types of personalities where they've never been truly loved They've never seen the compassion from a parent or a a sibling or a relative. It's always just been negative. They've always been yelled at their whole life or they've always been treated, you know, with just a disdain. And so it hardens their heart. It hardens who they are. And so what I would like to see happen here in the richest country or one of the richest countries in the world, America, Is to see that advocacy, uh, you know, the lens of that advocacy for people that are dealing with this type of issue to be more pronounced, for people to stand up and and fight more, uh, put more, you know, monetary effort into it, put more of a voice into it. Because again, sex slavery, sex trade is not focused on one race or culture it's not even necessarily faced on one gender, because like I said earlier, you know, you have young boys as young as nine years old that are being taken from their families and they're forced, you know, into this. Uh, The young girls that are doing it though, and they're predominantly you know, all over, you know, the racial spectrum. So we're not talking about one specific race or culture. We're talking about all races. In fact, China, Iran, North Korea, Russian and the Sudan are some of the biggest uh, places in the world that actually, uh, you know, have this trade going on. And it's predominant in these areas. And what's crazy about it is that, again, no one's talking about it uh, in a way that is creating an affect change. We're just talking about it kind of like hushed under the rug because, God forbid, we would expose. You know, things that um, happen with people in, you know, high ranking uh, politicians or famous musicians or famous, um, you know, movie stars or actors or actresses. You know, people are too afraid to speak up because you have a group of people with influence and money that are a part of this uh, sex trade, this trafficking. And so they don't want people knowing that they don't want that exposed for example, let's talk about Jeffrey Epstein. Jeffrey Epstein was a extremely wealthy financier, American um, entrepreneur who was convicted of sex offenses. Um, he's from New York. And what's crazy about Epstein is that there are rumors that he had his own island. And on this island, he would fly some of the wealthiest Uh, most influential most famous people to this island and it was basically like a a huge orgy all the time that's at least what the story states now for some factual information about jeffrey epstein 2005 epstein was convicted of molesting a 14 year old girl in a florida palm beach home police did a search and found pictures of young girls throughout the house The Miami Herald reported that his abuse of the underage girls dated back years. In fact, the victim stated in an article that this was not the first time this had happened. It had happened a few times prior to this this incident when it was reported to her parents. Now, like I stated earlier, the majority of people that pay for sex um, acts by minors are men. However, what's interesting is that Jacine Maxwell, which was Jeffrey Epstein's girlfriend, was indicted, I believe it was 2019, and she was held accountable for a slew of charges that had to do with sex slave and sex trade. Um, Some of the story goes that she was... um, introducing rich and wealthy people to Epstein and then Epstein was bringing these people to his quote-unquote island and then he was offering um, girls and boys up for this um, I don't know what you want to call it for fun I mean for a lack of a better term what's crazy is that in 2021 a jury found a uh, Maxwell guilty on five of the six counts including her most serious charge of sex trafficking of a minor. So here we've got some extremely wealthy, influential, high-ranking uh, political people, again, actors and actresses. In fact, uh, one of the princes, of uh, the British princes, um, was accused of having sex with an underage girl. He supposedly emphatically denied ever even knowing the girl. Prince Andrew, that's who it was. Category that categorically denied having sex with her, this minor that... Uh, He supposedly was supposed to have met through Epstein. She was only 17 at the time that he met her. Um, She claims that they were intimate together. And so what's crazy is that you get these people that are in these huge roles, right? And I say roles as far as like Prince Andrew, right? I mean, he's a prince, right? You get people in the political realm. You get Bill Clinton was named. Uh, Chris Tucker was named. Uh, And when I say Chris Tucker, I believe he was just uh, part of a trip that um, Epstein took. Um, To Africa and he took Chris uh, Tucker with him But still, people know who Chris Tucker is And to be associated with something like that That's pretty damning, let's be honest And keep in mind, all this information Is on the bbc.com news website So I'm not just making this stuff up I mean, you can go and Google these things for yourself So, you know, people want to say that I'm slandering somebody Well, it's right here in black and white text And to be honest, again, I'm not picking on Chris Tucker. I want to be very clear. I'm just saying he was mentioned as somebody who had taken a trip with Epstein um, in his private jet. Um, And not to say that Chris Tucker had anything to do with this. But that's the thing, you know, guilt by association. Like you might be completely innocent of a crime, you might have nothing to do with, you know, your buddy robbing a 7 Eleven, but you're sitting in the car and he goes in with a loaded weapon and he decides he's going to rob the place. You know, he's going to take something that doesn't belong to him. And you're there, so you're guilty by association. So now you've got a, a minority group, and it doesn't have to be a cultural minority group. It could be uh, you know, a minority group that just as a small amount versus the majority that's advocating for a, an outcome or advocating on behalf of something. But they're not looking through the entire lens. They're advocating for one part of the spectrum. And I'll be honest, that pisses me off because we are supposed to look out for one another. As a human race, we are supposed to take care of each other. And you know, in theory, that's what we're supposed to do. But I believe in reality, you know, at times we become animals. And we become instinctive. And we, a lot of times, you know, our flesh, you know, we decide we're going to just look out for ourselves. We're not going to take care of anybody else when something's going on that, you know, we don't want to become a part of. We just want to, you know, keep, uh, keep back from it. You know, we don't want to involve ourselves. It's kind of like what Pilate did with Jesus, you know, G- you know, Pilate told the people, I'm not going to, I'm not going to persecute this guy. He's done nothing wrong. I'm going to wash my hands of it. I'm going to back away from this and I'm going to let you guys do this and to me that's again guilt with association because it's sometimes just as damning to not do something when you should just like doing something that you shouldn't do you know Paul says why do I do the things I should not do and not do the things that I should and I find that interesting because you know I look at my own life I look at stupid decisions I've made in my life stupid choices and I look at the things that I advocate for you know, I stand on a platform of a belief in Christ Jesus. I believe that he died for my sins. I believe that I'm a child of the King of Kings. But I also believe that I have to live that. I have to proclaim that. I don't always do that. But I also know that advocating for truth, advocating for somebody who cannot speak up for themselves because one, they're too afraid, two, they don't have anybody that's willing to listen to them or even maybe believe them, and three, You know, the 1% of people that have the most wealth in this world like to keep the rest of us quiet when it comes to things that could expose them. And I say the 1%, we're talking about people that are in the, you know, tens of billions, you know, $100 billion clubs that have, you know, the wealth of the world. And those aren't even necessarily the people that are, you know, doing these types of things when it comes to like the sex slavery, the sex trade. But again, I go back to the idea that with that much power and influence, take somebody who is that wealthy, but washes their hands of the advocacy for this and steps away and says, oh, well, I don't personally do those types of things, but I'm not going to take my time away from making the billions of dollars and having the influence and the power over here to try to affect change over here and to me that again just disgusts me because how can you allow that to happen and you know and you have a moral code that you live by we're talking about you know slavery again like I said we're celebrating Juneteenth today here in America it was the freedom of slaves from 1865 you know I've always been an advocate of equality when it comes to um, you know people's rights and I say people's rights and I want to be very clear when I say the equality equality to me is having the ability to uh, work hard and be rewarded for your work Uh, be acknowledged for who you are as an individual, as a person. I'm not advocating for a group or a lifestyle. I am definitely not advocating for that. And I'm going to be very clear when I say that. And again, you know, controversy can be created in anybody's mindset. And again, people will look for any way to be offended. And personally, you know, that's on you. I'm going to be honest and I'm going to speak my mind. I believe that God created us in a kaleidoscope of his image and we are created to to love him and to worship him to love one another the bible says to love the lord thy god with all thy heart mind and soul and then the second commandment says to love one another love each other love your neighbor so i believe for this um this topic again could be controversial Um, For some people, some people might agree, some people might disagree, some people might completely shut this off and not listen anymore. And that's okay with me because you know what, at this point, I am sick and tired of sitting back and just pretending that the way I feel is um, could possibly offend somebody. And so therefore, since it could possibly offend somebody, I don't get to say what's on my mind. I'm not out to deliberately uh, offend anybody. I'm not out to deliberately hurt anyone's feelings or uh, to turn anybody away. But just like with John the Baptist, John the Baptist spoke his mind and yes, because of it he got his head cut off. But you know what? He was the modern day idea of being honest and f- and, and not hiding behind the idea that oh, I don't want to say something because down the road it could uh you know, it could, it could affect me in a way that, you know, might be detrimental to my income or might be detrimental to, you know, perception of who I am and to be honest when I don't live my life the way that I proclaim that I do that in itself can be uh, an affliction on who I am so what I'm saying is I have to be transparent in public as well as in private I have to be honest on who I am when I'm in front of people and when I'm not in front of people when I'm by myself we're talking about the sex slave trade uh, the modern-day slavery here in America. It's Juneteenth or June 20th, to be honest, here in 2022. I am TK. This is TK's A-Brigade. I would love to get comments. Uh, I would love for people to um, respond to this and be respectful of anyone that responds to this because at the end of the day, I have a lot of friends who don't believe religiously the same thing I do. I don't judge them. I don't hold them against any type of standard. I love them. I pray for them. I believe that God can change anybody's heart. And whether or not they agree or believe my stance or my foundation, it doesn't take away from me still loving them and having a relationship and, and a friendship. And again, to be clear, that's not to say that the what they believe is wrong. That's simply stating that what their things that they have that I disagree with simply means that we have a disagreement we have a difference of opinion and at the end of the day we can't come together and love on one another then what's the point of you know of proclaiming the gospel which Jesus said to go into the nations and make disciples so I have a friend for example who claims to be an atheist and I love this person very much. I have a a lot of love in my heart for this person. I don't have any judgment for this person. I don't have any condemnation for this person. I simply do not believe that God doesn't exist. I believe there is a God. He is Abba Father. And I strongly stand on that foundation. I am not going to beat this person over the head to believe that I am simply going to have a conversation with this person and share with them when the opportunity opens up on where I stand. And I am totally open to listen to where they stand as long as whoever they are, they're not trying to convince me to change the way that I think or believe because I will not do that to somebody. So I don't expect that to happen to me. But like I said, I love this person very much. This person and I are, are, have been friends for a very long time. Um, just because we don't agree on certain topics does not mean we cannot be friends. Uh, you know, Jesus sat with sinners and, you know, tax collectors and loved on them. And it's interesting because you have this facade, right, where, you know, we we, we as humans, we will, you know, we will click up. We will find people that have common ground. We will find people that have common, uh, you know, likes and things that we do together. And uh, it's interesting when the uh, belief system, whether it's religion or politics or anything, comes out of that and we start to have differences, how automatically um, some people will say, oh, well, you're wrong and I'm right and how you think is wrong and, and, you know, this and that. And I think that that is a very narrow minded, naive way of thinking, because at the end of the day, you know, truth is truth. Okay, so my truth versus somebody else's truth Maybe it coincides. Maybe it doesn't. But I'm not going to argue with somebody about my belief in truth, whatever the truth may be. On when I know where they stand on their foundation, because me arguing with them, what does it do? It, it creates a wedge. It doesn't give an opportunity for growth in that, you know, in, in that uh, engagement. So I want to say that anybody that hears this that you know might disagree with me. I, I would love to hear your open, honest opinion about things. I'd love to have a conversation with you because at the end of the day, whether we're talking about sex slavery or we're talking about, you know, slavery from, you know, you know, back when, you know, African-American slaves were brought to America or the Chinese were brought to America, um, you know, enslaved or the Italians or the Irish, you know, all the, all the cultures have been enslaved at some point in time. Um, and so, Anybody who believes that slavery is only uh, wrapped around one ethnicity, one culture, one gender, I will highly disagree with you, and I would love to have a debate. So, you were listening to TK's A-Brigade. I am your host, TK. Anybody that would like to leave a comment or have a conversation, I am completely open. Uh, You can hit me up on info at theadvocatebrigade.com. Uh, you can leave a comment here. Uh, we are on Anchor. We are on Google. We are on Spotify, Amazon, all the major platforms. So please like and subscribe because Season 2 is going to be full of different conversations with different people. And again, I am open to have conversations with anybody. I am not have judgment. I do not believe that my uh, what I believe is only the truth. I believe that what I believe is true And I am willing to have any conversations with anybody about anything as long as that the conversation is rooted in foundationally uh, sound. It doesn't have this irrational argument based on emotion. I will not have those conversations. Don't bother. But if you have a foundational platform that you would like to stand on and uh, have a conversation with me that disagrees with where I stand, awesome. Or you have something that you agree with and we can just have a discussion about it. Either way. I am completely open to that. So please check me out. Check us out. TK's A Brigade. And until next...